could have had him on this past year. This is his FT Live debut, but we were like, you know what? We want to bring him on when he's actually a skipper because we figured it was only going to be a matter of minutes. And here he is. Congratulations to uh, Stephen Vogt making his FT Live debut on being the new Cleveland Guardian skipper. Congrats, Voter. How you doing, man? Good to catch up with you. I'm doing great. It's about time I get on here. Kratz has only been hounding me for over yeah, a year. Nerd alert over here. Look at nerd with his hat on. <laughs> I mean, I've been trying to get you on here, but they don't. We don't accept. We don't accept bullpen coaches on on the show. So unless you're unless you can, unless you can get your, your Guardians bullpen coach on here, then then we'll accept him. Well, we, we may have to get BG on here at some point, but no, it's a, it's it's finally nice to get on here with you guys, and great to see you all too. You still have life. Yeah. Too, he, he's all professional now. Look at him yeah, over there. You, you still I like him. Yeah. I still like, look handsome. Well, wow. Hey, just keep tricking them. Just keep tricking them every <laughs> level up, up. Let's go. Keep finding a way. The first thing I have to tell you is don't change. Like, like you would have never taught, like, oh, it's, it's so nice to be on here finally, and I appreciate this opportunity. Don't change. All right? Don't I, change. I, I, don't change me. I haven't changed. I'm the same guy. <laughs> now, I know, now I know I how to tell. compart. I know how to compartmentalize now, my attitude and my mindset. Okay, that's what your attitude what, is what piss poor so far. So you have you have a little bit of so, time here to change it. Change it. <laughs> so we're right where we need to be. Then we're right where we need to be. Okay, perfect. This is what I'm expecting every freaking day in the guards clubhouse. So I want to start with any conversations that you had with Tito once you found out you had the skipper role. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Tito um, has been phenomenal for me throughout the interview process. And, and then right after I got the job, he's he said over and over, like, hey, I'm not going to pry. I'm not going to be looking over your shoulder, but just know I'm here as a resource for you. You know, he expressed how much he loves the Guardians organization and, and the guys in that room. And obviously, to have somebody of that stature to have as a mentor and somebody to throw things off of, I, I couldn't ask for anything more. So what are you going to bring that Tito didn't bring? Um, probably a few fewer card games, um, fewer <laughs> less, fewer chewing tobacco, less um, less gum. <laughs> yeah, less gum for sure. Less gum. Uh, I'm not going to sit in the Tito stool. Uh, th that's 100. percent Not going to be sitting in the stool at the face of the dugout. I'll be pacing a little more probably. But uh, yeah, just gonna just gonna bring me as you told me to be, Kratzy. I'm going to be me. And that's it, and that's it. Have you uh, talked to any of the players yet? Have any conversations with uh, anybody with the organization about, you know, what you're trying to do? Is there anything, you know, you have your mind set on as a manager? Like, this is what I've always wanted to do. Like, try and – what's the conversations like so far, basically? Yeah, I, I've been able to um, – I've been able to reach probably eight or nine players, you know, via phone and texted with everybody now. And uh, really what, what I wanted to convey to them is, like, you guys didn't look, you weren't looking for a big change. You know, you had an absolute legend step down. So trying to gather information of what's been working for you guys, what do you do really well? What, what, what does the clubhouse look like when it's clicking on all cylinders and how can I come in, help aid and improve that? And so that's kind of where I'm at. That's where my mindset's been in my approach, but being able to bring my personality and uh, the way I, I've always been able to kind of bring people together and let's pick up where you guys left off and see how good we can get from here. So you said you contacted eight or nine of the players via text or phone. So like, do you no. have letters written to the other guys or like what's. <laughs> so I can see. You need, a full, 
you need to pull the beanie up a little bit and open your ears. I said I connected oh. with eight or nine of them over the phone. Yes. And then I've texted with all of them. Oh, yeah, exactly. Please, he don't listen. Please pull it. Please pull it back down. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Hey, how? let me ask you this. Like, this is a whole whirlwind, to be honest with you. Like, you think about it. You were just a player. Now you have an opportunity to be a manager. Like, have you sat back and, like, sat with your family like dude listen i'm gonna be a be a freaking manager right now dude i'm jumping from one to the next you guys ready for this ride you know yeah no it's uh you hit it on the head Alyssa and i look at each other about twice a day right now and just start laughing um you know <laughs> it, because honestly like i i've wanted this for a long time and i've been working towards this for a long time but you know you you get a call and, and ha i had an unbelievable first year coaching with the mariners scott service the rest of the staff uh, really just embraced me and helped me learn so much. And and I'm going to miss those guys a lot. And, you know, you get a call saying, hey, you know, the, the Guardians want to interview for their managing job. What do you think? And I said, well, I'd like to take the interview and, and get the experience. And so then as you're going through the process, it's like, oh, man, I made it through the next level. Alyssa, I think I think I'm doing pretty good. Like, I think I think I got a chance at this. And then it just keeps going and keeps going. And all of a sudden, you know, Chris, Chris Antonetti calls me and says, we want to offer you the job. And I, it was okay. Yeah, let's do this. And uh, it's been a whirlwind and um, it's pretty crazy, but I've got so many great people around me that have helped me get my feet wet, get up to speed and still trying to get up to speed. But uh, it, it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun. Alyssa looks at you and laughs at you throughout your entire marriage. So that uh, nothing's <laughs> changed now that you've been a, now that nope. you've been a big leaguer, but what is, what is the, I don't know how to like what what's the first thing because when we played together you were hurt and you then came back but that whole time you had a notebook that you were writing different notes in different things like after speeches after like different events and stuff like what's the first thing that you used out of that notebook to say you know what I kind of pushed myself into this job whether it was going to be with the Giants or whether it was going to be with the Guardians because most people don't know you were also interviewing with the Giants, but then your boy Bowmel just absolutely undercut you from behind. <laughs> chop, chop block. Yeah, chop block. Thanks, Skip. Um, no, I, I think you're right. And Eric, where it really started was back in 2009 with the Rays in the minor leagues. I, I hurt my shoulder the first time, and I asked Mitch Lukovics, Jimmy Hoff, and Jim Morrison, my, my manager at the time, and asked if I could stay in the dugout that year and just learn as much as I could. And that coaching staff poured into me on on how to coach and how to push people forward and started taking notes back then. And then throughout the course of my playing career, you know, being a backup catcher for a majority of it, you have a lot of time to watch baseball and sit back and uh, enjoy what's going on around you. But where I really dove in was that year in 18 with the Brewers and, you know, David Stearns, Matt Arnold, Craig Council, Pat Murphy, the rest of the staff, they really helped me develop into what I've become now and continue to develop into. And uh, really, that was the first thing I brought out was like, I know I only have one year of coaching experience, but get a load of this. And these are some <laughs> of the things that they allowed me to see some of the things they allowed me to do. And it really was those two years where I was injured, rather than just sitting back, I did my I would do my rehab, obviously, really, really well, and then pour into my baseball knowledge and into my teammates and coaches and staff around me after that. What experience in your career are you going to draw from the most being kind of a non-prospect that put yourself on the map 
a two-time All-Star, a freaking my career's over in 2018 shoulder injury to back to making it back with the Giants and then getting another contract and finishing out your career with the team that you started. Like what, what of those experiences you feel like you'll draw from the most? I think it's the overarching theme of what my career was. And it was the guy who shouldn't go to the next level. The guy who's too old for where he is. He's only doing well because he's older than everybody. And it's what I had to learn and adapt in order to perform at the level I was playing. And I wasn't the most gifted player, but I, I had the work ethic and I had the drive to go get it. And um, I feel like whatever role I was given, whatever role I earned, I always tried to go out there to fight and earn more. And so that all of those experiences that you you named, being a non-prospect, then getting to the big leagues, then becoming an all-star. Oh, and by the way, getting DFA'd three months into the next season after your two-time all-star having to revamp, come back from injury, all of those things. And those are the experiences that I've I've been through. And there's been a ton of people around me, yourself included, Kratzy, helping me through those experiences. And I think that overarching theme is going to always keep me hungry for wanting to learn and develop and never feel like I've got it figured out. So now that you have the job and every manager position is in place, this was one of the more wild manager carousel situations that we've ever seen. It dominated the first couple weeks of the offseason, which you just usually don't see. And of course, Craig Council was a big part of that because he's a guy that's been there in Milwaukee for a while, hits free agency. But now that it's all done, everyone has their jobs. Can you just take us through from your perspective what you experienced in terms of combos with other teams, how Craig fit in the mix there, and also just what you thought of how that played out because there is a portion of it where he's like, hey, managers need, especially star managers that are in the bigs for a while, need to be up here again because that's how it was like 20 years ago and we shouldn't be bringing it down. So what did you think of everything that went down and how you fit into it? Yeah, obviously it was a wild couple weeks uh, through the interview process and it was kind of like what the industry is going through right now, right? We're waiting to see where Shohei goes and then everything goes from there. It was kind of Let's find out what council is going to do. And then the rest of it's going to pl- fall into place. But um, I, you know, I, I could be happier for Craig and, and what he stood up for and what he did. And, you know, that, that was, he said he was going to, and he, and he did. And um, getting to talk with him a little bit through the process was really cool. Um, he, he chatted with me a couple of times and, you know, never, never told me what he was thinking, but um, you know, it was, it was really neat just to see the way that the industry evolved and, and went through that process together. And then it was that crazy Monday where all of a sudden it was like, boom, 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 boom. And uh, it was just a lot of fun to watch and something that you're right. We haven't seen that on that, on this side of the ball before. So it was really fun. Can you believe he went to Chicago? Just flat out <laughs> honest. We were there. Like, could you believe not? I mean, it's awesome for him. It's so awesome for him. But as a ex brewer, could you believe he, he went there? It, it was a shock. I'll put it that way. And seeing him put on that Cubs uni was, was a little bit weird. Um, but again, you know, the baseball has changed and, and it's a different industry. And you know what? I couldn't be more happy for him and his family. And, um, you know, I'm not looking forward to, to competing against him. Uh, Craig's one of the best and he was awesome to me and obviously wish him well, except for the uh, three, three games we play against him every year. <laughs> Yeah, he, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, 
he had offered pretty much double of what what the Brewers were going to get him. And they, they said they're calling him out and say, that's messed up. I mean, that's just a simple yes at the end of the day. I mean, no, right or wrong. I mean, business is business, you know, and, and that's, exactly. I'm a firm I'm a firm believer that business and personal is very separate. And the business side of the game is my least favorite. I, I've never enjoyed it. I've never. I, agree. I, I don't like I don't like talking about money. I don't like to, I just want to I just want to do the baseball and. Uh, once that business side's out of the way, now it's time to roll. All right. So one other business ordeal, and I know this is not up to you, but what do you think of the Guardians offseason? And today, for example, um, Jeff Passon put out a report that the guards are listening on Emmanuel Classe, and obviously Bieber could be a trade candidate as well. I know a, you're not making those moves. You just joined the squad. I get it. I know all of that. But it's not tampering. They're on your team right now. Can you at least say what those dudes mean to you in terms of what you've seen from them and how it would be nice if you show up to spring training and they're there for you? Yeah, I mean, we can't say enough about Shane Bieber and Emmanuel Classe. I mean, you got the guy that's going to take the ball on opening day every five days, and then the guy is going to – the game's over once you get through the eighth inning and you have the lead. So – Obviously, again, the business side, the business side, and a lot of those things, as you guys know, it, it's it's the business side, and you're always listening. And I think every good team is always listening to what's out there. But you know, we have a great group that's that's going to make the best decision for our organization. And I know that sounds like a cliche answer, but it's the, it's the truth. And at the end of the day, as the manager, your job is to go out and get the best out of your 26 guys every night. And with Shane Bieber and Class A as two of those 26, I feel really good about where we're going to be. Yeah, that's going to make your job way easier, too, if they're still around. But you said spring training. <clears throat> spring training is where you kind of made your career. You, you know, you kind of had your you kind of had your whole Chris Farley bit. You came you came over and, you know, I'm joking about it. But it's also one of those things that it matters. Are you going to have that kind of stuff in spring training? Do you have that kind of because you don't know what your roster is going to be? Are you going to have like the the tricks and games are you going to do some of the stuff that that Tito did in spring training with the you know player of the game or can you can you give us an insight on what your shtick is going to be with the boys yeah no fun all business we're going to go play baseball <laughs> it's it's uh by the book we're going to you know uh yeah we're going to have a blast at spring i mean i've i've been fortunate to to play and work for eight really good managers and I, I look at myself as a hybrid of all of them. And so it's taking little pieces from all of them and we're going to have a blast and, and doing little games, doing interviews, doing different things that I've learned and seen across the board that really bring people together. We're, we're going to do those kinds of things. I mean, I'll never forget, Kratzi, you joke about it, but it was 2009. I was a high A 24 year old and I won a talent show for the Tampa Bay Rays doing impressions of coaches and, and coordinators and Matt Cotraro looked at me. He was my manager the year before in low A. And he looked at me and he said, you know what? He goes, you're, gonna, you're a really good player and you have to earn your way to the big leagues. But you winning this talent show might give you that opportunity that might get you on the map with this organization because they probably didn't know a whole lot about you up to this point. And turns out he was right. And those, those little skits, those little gimmicks are part of who I am. And it's part of what got me into this seat. So I'm never going to forget getting to know your players, getting to know the personalities that are around you. That's what matters. I want to, I want to ask you a little trivia question here. Who was the best manager ever to put, to put a suit up for the Cleveland guardians? 
Is it, it Tito's the winningest, isn't he? No, we're not. We're thinking of Lou Brown from Major League. I thought you'd, oh, you'd yeah. be smarter yeah, than that. White. You know what I mean? Well, he's, <laughs> he's on the he's on the other other line with somebody about some white walls right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought I thought that'd be a good laugh after the yeah, Farley. You, you thing, teed man. me up, and I I swung and missed. I did that quite. <laughs> <a bit. laughs> it's okay. You were going with the serious hey, answer. Hey, Normally, normal, you would have gotten that one, but hey, you know what? You're, you're you're getting into your role. You're getting into your new oh. new gray beard. Oh. Uh, Let's talk in in a year and see how gray we really are. That's that's he can't he can't even grow it, man. I don't even know yeah. why he's talking smack. <laughs> that that's what I wanted to ask. So, voter, <laughs> we're gonna screenshot this right when we have you on like the the single where it's all you, and then we'll do a right now, and then you know we can check in at different points of the season and see how you look because it is real. There are young, handsome managers that enter the role for the first time. And then you see them, especially if they're going through it, and you're like, what's going on? And I think a lot of it has to do with just lack of sleep and maybe high stress. So is there a skincare routine or a wellness program that you can do <laughs> to prevent the aging process that occurs with the major league manager role? Well, I don't know. I'll have to look into it. But, you know, I'm hoping <laughs> I don't look – I hope I don't look swollen and get the coach's body too soon into the into the manager role but um you know maybe a nice moisturizer maybe some you know lotion right before bed things like that but i'm gonna do my best and uh we'll see we'll see what happens we're just we just had suitor b on we just had suitor b on the show and he confirmed and aaron confirmed it he'll do the body issue so if suitor b does it i think you need to do it the two baseball come on you know there's a lot of things that the baseball world and sports world in general needs to see. And my, my naked body is, is very low on that list. We need it. We need, oh, it. No. We need it. Todd, I, I brought this up to Todd before the show. Actually, no, I didn't. But Todd definitely is in on this. What? Todd wants to see Yes. No. Yes. Yelich did well, it. So we can all do it. Okay. It's for the good yeah. of the game. Uh, Yelich and I have a little different bodies. I don't know if you guys remember <laughs> seeing us in uniform, but yeah, he doesn't have you know, a beard. Yeah, and the camera, the camera, the camera doesn't add twenty pounds to him, just to me. So <laughs> no. we're good. Hey, back to biz. So, what do you think of the Guardians' twenty twenty three season um, in terms of strategy and approach that you'd like to see change in twenty twenty four? I'll bring up an example. The team is so good at developing pitching. I mean, they are, I've called them like the rays of the Midwest now, right? Pitcher goes there and he turns into gold or really they just draft and develop super well. Um, that's great. They did not hit enough home runs, period. I think anyone would be clear about that. So obviously there's going to be some off-season changes in terms of the roster, but is there anything big picture that you can look at to be like, hey guys, we need to be a little more power heavy. Obviously the organization looks at contact as a big deal too we all do but how can you find that blend we we have Andres Jimenez on the show all the time too and I mean same thing with him he brought it up he's like yeah we got to hit more homers yeah uh, I, I mean obviously how do you hit more homers um you know that's kind of the, the age-old question and I think when I look at that and just as I'm getting up to speed on on the inner workings from last year and, and that was it there's a couple things that really stood out it's yeah we need to we need to drive the baseball more and um, and also get better with runners and scoring position. And I think those are two of the things that I think the team last year took a step back on. And um, obviously we're working working on that. But 
to me, it's where power really comes from is understanding which pitches to take a chance on. And a lot of times when, when you're contact oriented, you're just looking to put the ball in play and it's, it's understanding and recognizing which pitches there it is out of the hand, go for it. Um, and we have a really young team on top of that. And so I think as that time develops and working on at the lower levels, even coming up, because as the Guardians, we're going to use our system, which is awesome. They're going to use our minor leaguers. And we have a lot of young homegrown talent on the team right now. And so it's just really helping them tie into, okay, this is the type of pitch that I need to take a shot on. This is the type of situation where I need to go for it. And having that contact profile, yes, that's super awesome and, and really important. But also there's times to take a chance. Um, you get into that good count and you see a pitch, go for it and see what happens. Last question from me. Uh, have you thought about that first speech that you're going to say as a manager going into spring training? I mean, I've had managers that talk for about 45 minutes. I've had one where it was basically four minutes, boom, out the door, let's go. And you're sitting there like, oh, all right, well, here we go. Like, have you ever thought, have you thought about it yet? And you know what your approach is going to be, or, you know, you can have a skit, you know, have you thought about anything along those lines? Yeah. Well, thankfully part of the interview process was I had to give a mock spring training speech to the 2024 guardians. So I already have a dress wow. rehearsal done. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, wow. But, that's awesome. Yeah. So to me, to me, it's brevity is key because we all know when the manager gets up and talks, there's a, 25% that aren't listening to a word you're saying there's 25% that are and the other 50 lose, you lose them after about two minutes. So you got to keep it brief. You got to get to the point and uh, short and sweet with a little humor in there, but you know, a little motivation and tell them, tell them what I'm thinking about the, the air, the year outlook. And again, we've all heard plenty of them. We've heard really good ones. We've heard some not so good ones, but you know, try and take bits and pieces from that and make it my own and, here we go. Let's go have some fun and, and get to the baseball. All right. I got, I know this is going to be crazy, but I have kind of a serious question for you. <laughs> the first one's not serious. <laughs> see if we can, see if we can uh, pull up the picture of you at the other sporting event that you have, you know, you're, oh, you're getting, geez. you're getting everybody juiced up the, uh, the Cavs, like you're a Cavs fan now. I'm a I'm a Cleveland sports supporter. Is that what you are? There you go. <laughs> okay. Hey, you know, you get you get invited to go to a Cleveland you know, who doesn't want to go to an NBA game? I mean, no, you get to go watch no Donovan Mitchell and Trey Young. Like, I love sports and basketball is probably my favorite sport besides baseball. And, you know, getting to go to that game was so cool. And uh, you know, I didn't have a dog in the fight. So in that instance, I'm definitely rooting for the for the Cavs. So a hundred percent that they're, they're now my, my B team in the NBA and I'm, I'm all in, I'm all in. Let's see what we can do. Okay. So who's your A team? Uh, Golden State Warriors. Okay. So that's, that's where I'm transitioning to my serious question. How do you feel about Oakland leaving Oakland? You are, you are a guy like when people, when people go, when people go and talk about Oakland, they're like, like the first chant that comes to everybody's mind, unless you never saw a game there or never played against you. I believe in Steven vote. I believe in Steven. Like, like you were a guy there. You will always be an Oakland icon for those fans. Yeah. Um, I'm sad. I'm obviously sad. I mean, we all know Oakland. We all know the A's. We all know the Coliseum. And it's like, you know, there's, there's a, there's a company that sells apparel. It's called the last dive bar. 
and it's like the Coliseum's the last dive bar in the MLB. It's it's the most beautiful, awesome place in its own right. And the fact that there's not going to be Major League Baseball in Oakland moving forward is really sad. And, you know, again, business is business. And I, I don't want to get into that aspect of it, but I want to focus on the fans and I want to focus on the people who've been working in Oakland for years and years and years. And it, it's just a sad situation. You know, we may look up a few years from now and we're going to love that the A's are in Las Vegas, but that doesn't mean we're not going to be sad about the fact that they're not in Oakland anymore. And it is, it, it's really sad to think that after next year, there may not be another major league baseball game in the Oakland Coliseum. And you guys know when you hear the drums going and the, and the horns and the fans are going crazy and whether there was 5,000 of them or 55,000 of them, they're engaged in every single pitch and they love their team. Whether we won a hundred games or we lost a hundred games, those fans are out there to support the team. And just the thought of, of no major league baseball in Oakland, it, it just, it's really, really sad to me. So here's the deal, Kratz. I have a, a plan where voter crushes it. Next contract, he's on the council deal and eventually builds up enough wealth that he is in on a group that brings Oakland back in like 2030 to oh. have a franchise, something like that, oh. right? Voter, I feel like that's realistic. Hey, I just like the amount of money. I just like the amount of money you gave me by 2030. That's only like, <laughs> <years> like <laughs> we're we're in the biz of we're pro labor here. So you're a worker, baby. Two um, two World Series, two World Series, mm-hmm. two Manager of the Year awards for vote 2030. Dunsky. Boom. And I'm going to need you to take me out to dinner. If, when that <laughs> take happens. me to lunch. <laughs> oh, man. I, I like that. I like the sound of the two World Series. That's for sure. That sounds Hell beautiful yeah. to me. Hell yeah. All right. So last one from me. Um, once you get the job, did you say to the very talented executives that were interviewing you, um, Chernoff and Antonetti, thank you. Can't wait to work together. It's my fucking lineup card. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. No, they're, they're such great people. And we've worked, we've already gotten to work together really well. And, you know, I I can't wait to write a lineup. I told them, I'm like, Hey, you know, I used to write the lineups for my middle school baseball team. So I have experience writing lineup cards. Exactly. Nothing, nothing you need to worry about. We're ready to go. (laughs) Perfect. Well, can't wait to see you in spring training, dude. Uh, Thanks for making your FT Live debut once you actually got the manager gig. Super legit. Congratulations. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I've been trying to come on sooner, but I like to say they threw me in the deep end with my hands tied behind my back, and I've been trying to figure out how to swim out, and finally (laughs) felt like I got to the surface, and we can have some time to come on with you guys. So You got his swimmies, Kratz. Let's go, He doesn't need swimmies. This man's a stud. I expect to see you on here a couple more times too, kid. Hell yeah. Hell same, yeah. Same Every here. Time. Great to great to catch up with you guys. It was awesome. Thanks, Steven. Have a good off season, man. We'll talk to you All soon. Right. Sounds good.